Um, this year we're talking about living drenched. It's one of the catchphrases that we have around here. We're talking about how to do it. And we've done some series on it. And we're going to do some more. Uh, in fact, I'll be starting a new one next week. But we've also had some testimonies. A couple of years ago, I happened into the, uh, I didn't actually happen. I did it intentionally, but I went in the youth room on uh, Wednesday night, on a Wednesday night, which I do occasionally and heard a young man giving a testimony and I was mesmerized. I mean, it just totally caught me. And I went, one of these days, uh, this guy's got to, uh, this guy's got to get about, get up and, and share in front of the whole church. And that day is today. Would you welcome Caleb Bowler? I got to say, it's such an honor to be here. It's, it's one of those things that uh, Pastor Ronnie asked me to do this a couple of months ago, back in January, somewhere around now. And I'm like, yeah, this will be great. And as I go into study and trying to pull my story together, I'm like, wow, just remembering what God has done for me in my life, how he brought me from there to here. And I can't deny all the little fingerprints and fingerprints of God all through my life. It's like, it's like you're looking at a crowd, and all of a sudden I can see every single thread of God being woven through my life. And I can't deny that I would be here if it weren't for God. God, because of God, I'm here. And I'm, I would like to just ask the presence of the Lord to come. So I'm going to pray, and I just want you to just receive, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good God. Yeah. We thank you for your presence, that you called us to be sons and daughters, that you call us your own. We are your beloved. We are, we have a place in your kingdom. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to come to open our hearts to what you want us to hear, to empower us to walk forward and move forward outside of these church walls and bring heaven on earth. We thank you again for who you are and for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as you can see from the PowerPoint, I wanted to see what my life would look like if it was a book. So... I just thought I'd have a little fun with that. No, nothing, just, just me. I like to play with them. Well, um, moving on. First, nothing is impossible with God. That is the cornerstone of, that's one of the cornerstones of my faith and my belief is nothing is impossible with God. And because of that, I can be who he called me to be. When I was five, the doctors told me that I would, well, let's just back up. From the time I was born to five, I had an ear infection that caused me to lose my hearing. Doctors don't know all the reasons why, but that's, they passed. They hear what's important as I believe today. The one day I'm going to stand here and testify what God has done for me. I believe I'm going to heal while I'm on this earth. 
which is nothing in comparison to the God. So, um, so um, the doctors, when I was five, they told me that um, I would probably not be able to speak well, that I would not be able to communicate with Benson as a normal person. Now, I'm not trying to um, disregard the authority the doctors have in their area of expertise, but I will say this. Again, nothing's impossible with God. And the, the scripture says in John that the devil is the father of all lies. So we know that, right? And when we are prayed on the worldly, the worldly viewpoint, sometimes we get caught up and we forget that everything is possible with God. And so because of that, sometimes we become influenced by the world. And what it is is the way the world sees it, I'm insignificant. I'm just a dead person. I don't have, I'm not really going to amount to much. And I'm here before you today saying nothing's impossible with God. Through God, all things are possible. And when you power, when you partner with God, you open a realm of things to where you begin to believe, and not only because you believe, you begin to walk it out. Just one step in front of the other. All of a sudden, it's like, I need a miracle, no problem. We can believe that. <laughs> I mean, really, it should be that simple, because what he did on the cross, it should be that simple. But we are having to learn through faith to grow into that. And I'm going to get to that in just a few minutes. I can assure you of that. Trust me, that's the meat of the message. Um, one thing that stuck with me when I was right around the time I lost my hearing was my mom told me one time she was just trying to get my attention and say, look, I'm trying to tell you something. And um, what she said was, look up, look up at me. And little did she know, 27 years later, well, not 27, you know, but all these years later, that has stuck with me. I've been through college, I've been through speech therapy, I've been through all kinds of things. And that, look up. That's the focus. It's not me. It's not what the doctor said. It's not what everyone else thinks. But look up. And that changed my life. From that day forward, I began to just, it just kind of stuck with me. Just look up. You know, like a child looks up at mom and dad to tell them what to do next. We're called to be like children. We should be looking up to the Father. Even when all things go wrong, Nothing seems to work out. Just look up. He will get you through. He is faithful and true. I'm a testament of it. How can a deaf guy get through a college education, have a real world, a real world job, have a beautiful wife, be blessed beyond my wildest dreams? How? Nothing's impossible with God. That's 
I want you guys to hold on to that because it will get you through those valleys, those low moments when you just don't feel like you can go any further. No one else will get you through that because he will never let you down. And one thing I've learned through my walk with Jesus is he often uses the least likely to accomplish his purpose and his will. If you think about it, you've got the story of Moses an Egyptian, he was an Israelite who was raised as an Egyptian. And he was the very one that God appointed to breathe the Israelites from the Egyptians. Who would have thought of that? Also, David. David was just a shepherd boy. God raised him up to be a king of the nations. And I believe that God has a specific calling for every one of us here. Why? Because you are significant. You have a place. You have a purpose. You are here for a reason. And now I want you to, all I want you to do is know it's up to you. You have to make a choice. Because when we receive Christ, it's basically like we're coming to a cross. It's either I can choose to go vertical in my relationship with Jesus. Oh, I can kind of get caught up in what's going on in the world of man. It's so easy to work. Should things go wrong, it's my job to fix it. But I, I, have, I have gotten out of so many situations just by pausing, slow down. Lord, can you give me a solution for this? Can you show me how to get this done? He's never followed me, ever. I cannot recall one time in my life where it was like, God, you really messed up. I can't. I cannot. Because he is the awesome finisher. He is the perfect creator. And he made you for a reason. And um, from the time I was five to 12, I was completely dumb. I couldn't hear anything 100% dumb. And due to my own parents raising me up, they wanted me to learn to speak because they were saying it would be hard for me to communicate in the real world with sign language. So because they pushed me, it enabled me and empowered me to become who I am. It wasn't fun, but it is. Sometimes it's necessary. And um, when, when I was 12, I, um, two things happened to change my life. When I was 12, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I mean, it was life-changing because all of a sudden everything in me was like on fire. I, I had to get my hands on books and read and all this. Everything changed in me. And, um... Also, when I was 12, I got the cochlear implant, which is what I have right here. And because of this, I can hear about 80%, give or take. And basically, the best way to explain it is, I can hear just about everything you hear. I just don't always understand what I hear. Does that make sense? It's like you listening to someone speaking to Japanese or Chinese. You hear what they're saying. But nothing registers in the brain what is being said. So 
When you take that and cup it with the Holy Spirit, man, you've got to die now, I'm with you, oh. I mean, seriously. I mean, this was a, it was a very um, invasive service. The kids is very intense, and I'm not going to get in those details, but I had to put me in a place where I had to work through some stuff and speech therapy, a really, really difficult thing. And one thing I learned through this is I have a choice to either put this on and go with it and try to do it because it was it was painful for the first six months. But with the Holy Spirit, it's going to get better. We can't do this. It built up that faith in me. And um, also, I came to a crossroads with baseball. I played baseball most of my Right from five to ten, um, fifteen, for ten years, I loved the game. My dad was my coach. My mom was my number one cheerleader. I loved that game, and I was pretty good at it. And my dream was I was going to go to college, play baseball, get a scholarship, go play with the big boys, and. When I was 15, we came to a point where it was either if I choose to play baseball, it's going to be a traveling league. And um, when it's a traveling league, you practice about four to five days a week and you travel on the weekend. You have no time for anything. And I was talking with my mom, I remember, and um, she said, um, you know we're going to have to travel, we won't be able to participate in church, and you won't get involved in the youth group and stuff. So from that point, I decided, you know, I, I think you're right, Mom. I think I need to just quit playing baseball. And, and when I made that decision in 15, another huge milestone, my passion, I have free time, my passion for Jesus grew by leaves and bones, because it's like I could take the Bible, I could open it up anywhere, it did not matter where, all of a sudden, my spirit would just be like, ooh, it would just come alive, and I couldn't contain it, I couldn't, um, I couldn't get over it, it was just so, it was like, the best way I can think of it is like flying over the biggest mountains that you've been trying to climb the whole life. All of a sudden, you just lift up and it's just soaring. And that season of my life, I began to um, really reach out. And I'll get to that. But what I want to make, the point I want to make is, during that time when I set aside all of my distractions, my um, baseball stuff, practicing, all that, and I began to produce it first. It began to change. And you can't have a relationship without putting time into it. I mean, if you think about it, my wife, I cannot have a relationship with Jesus. If, just like with my wife, if I can't put time into her and spend time with her, we, our relationship will not be what it is today. Same thing with Jesus. So an earthly marriage is literally parallel with a heavenly marriage. It shows you the more time I spend with my wife, the stronger my relationship grows. 
It's the more time I spend with Jesus. It's the more my faith grows. It's the more my passion, the more my heart, the more my knowledge for Him grows. And without passion, I can tell you this, life is pretty boring. I mean, really. I mean, who? I love my job. I can wake up in the morning. I'm ready to go to work. I love what I do. I love to fix problems, solve problems all day long. I love it. But my life would not be that exciting if I was getting up in the morning. Where's the coffee? You know, really. But because I, I am passionate about what I do, because who God has made me, He enables me and empowers me to be passionate. And one thing is without passion, life is really dull and boring. It really is. So when I allow the Holy Spirit to come with me, He stirs up my hunger. All of a sudden, I begin to look for opportunities at work or wherever to say, hey, God bless you. Hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you. Or, hey, can I pray for you? To this day, I've only got to pray for one guy at work. But we're building, we're growing. <laughs> really, we are. And working in a, a corporate environment, you do have to be careful. But God, that's not my boss. God determines my boundaries. So if I feel the Holy Spirit leading me, I'm going to take my challenges. But it's like God gave me that passion. And when you find that passion, it is so refreshing because it's like, ah, now I know what I'm supposed to do. Things just fall into place. You just, I know I'm doing, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And that is priceless. If you've walked where I've walked, if you've grown up the way I grew up, having that perfect peace in every circumstance, and that passion for everything you do, life is really good. It really is. Because He is a good God. He is so faithful. Never lets me down. And I really honestly can't even begin to put into words the faithfulness of God. All I can do is say, come here. You see that sunrise? It comes up every day. God's faithfulness goes beyond that. You see that sunset? The sun goes down every day. God's more faithful than that. That's the best I can say. You can't be more faithful than God. You can't outdo God. But He can empower you and push you further than you've ever been before. I never thought I would be staying here. I really didn't. And one of the things that enabled me to be where I am is because when I got the Holy Spirit in my life, I began to grow in Jesus. And when that passion is so hungry, like how many of you have ever been a couple of days, maybe fasted, three days or something, on that fourth day you're ready to eat? I mean, really, you're hungry. You don't care what it is, you just want it. Believe me, I've been there. 
what that's how I felt with Jesus. Anything there was to know about him, I wanted to know it. I had to know it. I'll do anything just to know it. Just to get to know him a little bit better. And um one of the things I learned was um I'm trying to keep up with all these dishes of child. I'm trying to keep up with your nose and the power point. I have to get my hands off the pants to run. Wow, you, you've got it. Um, sometimes in order to grow, we have to be pruned. Um, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's not fun. Like when I had to give up baseball, for those first few days, it was hard. It really hurt. Um, when I had to get the surgery, it was painful. It hurt. But... That was so small to what, what God has done for me now. Everything I've worked through, every sacrifice I've made was so, so small compared to the goodness of God and the favor that He has in my life. And as I began to grow, my hunger, my passion, my stirring up, I began to see mentors. I went to people who were walking where I wasn't rocking. In other words, they were rocking where I wanted to go. Does that make sense? Because if you never push and press in to go to the next level and receive what they have, it's going to be very difficult for you to get there on your own. So scriptures, reading books, watching, Pastors on TV, speaking with my own pastors. I spend weeks, I have weeks, weekly meetings with them. I have weekly, monthly meetings with my pastor where I could just sit there and ask him all my questions. He wasn't able to answer them all because I had a lot. <laughs> but really, ask my mom and dad, they'll tell you, and they're right there if you want to ask them. Um, I asked a lot of questions growing up. I had so many questions about everything. Why does that do that? Why does this do that? Well, how did Noah get all those animals in the ark? How did I? How, how, how? They would try to explain it to me. But the key, what I'm trying to say here is the hunger drives you to learn. And when you've got that hunger, you have to surround yourself with people who are either walking where you want to walk, or who are going where you want to go. Yeah. So it's, it's very dangerous to try to get there on your own, really. We were made as a body of Christ. Every member comes together. And when we come together, we become empowered to where I link arms with you and you, and together we're going. If I slow down and fall, you can pick me up. If you slow down and fall, I pick you up. Because ultimately, we're all going after Jesus. That is the bottom line. And what I'm trying to say here, and um, 
when I um when I when I was going through this growing one thing that was almost um that was almost it just happened. I did nothing to make it happen. It was that the more I approached there to know who Jesus is, the more I began to understand that his presence was with me. And the more I understand that he's with me, the more his presence was actually tangible. I could feel him with me everywhere I went. No matter what happened, I could feel him. I knew he was there. And it's a, it's a unique experience because when, when you are in a circumstance or a situation that has got you in a dangerous place or a, um, a trying place, knowing that he is with you and actually building him, it is so empowering and it is so uplifting that it literally just like, picks you up out of it and takes you and gives you that courage to take the next step. It gives you that the drive, the willpower, the word, the the faith to get to the next level. Because you know, if God is for me, who can be against me? Really. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing. So when we start to know his presence and we have it in us, we begin to step and walk in empowerment to run. Nothing's impossible. Now, um, this, this time was also a time where I got to meet my beautiful wife. And she has been a blessing beyond my wildest dreams, really. I, um, God's favor on my life has been so rich. I mean, to put in perspective, it's this simple. I just say, I like that, and somehow God gives it in my hands. <laughs> I just say, that's really nice. Somehow it may be years down the road, it may be tomorrow, it just happens. Somehow it ends up in my hands. He is so, so good to me, and he is so good to you. It's important that we hold on to that belief. He would never bow you. He would never forsake you. He would never leave you hanging. Why? Because you're his child. You are his. And one thing that I learned just recently, the favor of God is not meant to be hoarded and kept for myself. Many times the favor of God, the best analogy I can come up with is like a river. I am standing in the river facing upstream. Things are floating down the river. I can neither take them and keep them all to myself and eventually get swept away. Or what I believe God has called us to do when we have favor. Take them and pass them on to people. Because scripture says, freely you have received, freely give. So with this money, with this just spending time with someone and letting them know that they're significant. Whether it's um, just going to hang out for a cup of coffee. And all these things, you know, it's my life. I try to line it up 
so that when I receive something, I can give it. Because God is the great giver. You can never outgive God, ever. And that's one thing. That's one of the things I really learned from my dad because he has always reached out to help people, and my father-in-law as well. Still hearts are for people. It doesn't matter what they've got, how much time. If they can help you, they're going to try to help you. So, learning to give when you're receiving, and learning to give the favor. Like sometimes I get close. And sometimes I don't wear all the clothes that I have. True story. <laughs> and um, sometimes the best thing to do is give those clothes to people who need them, and who want them, and who would use them. Even though I really like that shirt, I really like those pants, but hey, I'm not using them. That, that, maybe that gift was a man for me. God gave it to me so that I can give it to someone else. So you see how vapor works. It, it literally builds a snowball, like a dead snowball. It just builds a snowball. And before you know it, the faith of God is coming so big, you're like, oh boy, you know, how do I get this one? And it's just, that's how God works. He is overwhelming. Just so good. Now my final, um, this is kind of dream big. It's a very important phase in my life. When I was going through college, I was in the low of the lows. I was having a hard time. My teachers weren't able to work with me on a level that would help me succeed. I was really struggling. My grades were dropping. And I'm thinking, Lord, maybe I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe I'm not supposed to go to college. All I heard from the Holy Spirit was dream back. That hit me. It, it changed everything. I'm like, Father, I am sorry I did not mean to put you in a box and say, so my perspective began to change. And if you can do it, if you can do and achieve your dream on your own, it's too small. Really, it is too small. If you can dream, if you can achieve your dream on your own, it's too small. You need to step outside of the box. Let God do the dream and for you. I never thought that I would be here standing before you, sharing my testimony. I would be married to a beautiful wife, expecting my first child. I never knew. I never, he is so good. And I want to encourage you about that because we were meant to run on faith. When, when you go to fill up your car, the fuel that you put in your car is either gasoline or diesel and that you drive something else like an electric vehicle. You know, that's the fuel. Faith. If you are a believer in Christ, faith is your fuel. Scripture says faith without words is dead. Well, if faith is my fuel, faith, my faith in God empowers and enables me to take that step and believe that God, with God, nothing's impossible. And what happens is I can reach out and bring heaven to earth because that's what we're called. I have to personally Personally, 
I don't believe that we are going to try to get into heaven. If you were a believer, you're going to heaven. Really. You were going to heaven. If you have Jesus, you believe he is the son of God, that God raised him from the dead, he died for your sins. If you believe all of those things, you are going to heaven. Stop trying to get in heaven. You are good. He made you in his image. If you've been forgiven and free, everything you've ever done is gone. You are clean and holy. You have to do nothing to get to heaven. And so faith enables you to bring heaven to earth. Our job is believing and to share the gospel with everyone else. That's what we've been empowered to do. When I go to work every day, I try to see opportunities to spread the word of Jesus. Hey, I know you, I heard you were having a rough time. Can I pray with you? Or can I, you know, because my job is to give them a glimpse of heaven. Really, my job is to literally be a mirror to Jesus. Well, they look at me all they see is Jesus. That's my job. That's what I want to do. It's not about me. It never was about me. I'm just a mirror. They just see the reflection of Jesus on me. That's my goal. And yes, I'm not perfect. But we weren't called to be perfect. We were called to be in Christ. And Christ is the fullness of joy. And you is the fullness of Christ. Think about that for a minute. I don't have to strive and push to try to get to heaven and be good enough. I don't. I can be who he made me to be because he loves me, because he empowers me and inspires me to dream beyond my wildest dreams. And I can reach out to those dreams and pull them here and make them come to life. And when I do that, nothing's impossible. Think about that. You have all of Christ in you. What are you going to do about it? Um, with, with this, this was kind of the last of what I wanted to say. Um, I think it's important that we all understand this. When I went to college, I learned knowledge. Knowledge is a powerful thing. But knowledge without the Holy Spirit is a very power, powerful thing, very powerful. And because what it does is it enables me to take what I know, then the Holy Spirit breathes life into it. All of a sudden it becomes a divine inspiration. All of a sudden I can operate on, out of my divine name for who God called me to be. So, in your studies with Jesus, don't get too caught up in the black and the white, the do's and the don'ts. This is a relationship we're talking about. Jesus wants you to be his friend. He wants to be your savior, your Lord, your friend. He wants you to have that relationship with him. And when we do that, he empowers us to walk in faith. And we grow in our faith 
we begin to dream big, and before we know it, we're bringing heaven on earth. We're changed in the atmosphere and our life, our families, our homes, simply because we believe who he is and we believe who he called us to be. I want to encourage you to make sure you understand that. It's very important that you know that. And I would like to ask the worship team to come up. My last thing I wanted to share with you guys is wisdom. Scripture says, ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask and he will receive. When we have knowledge and we're coupled with wisdom of God, it enables us and empowers us to climb mountains whenever thought were possible, to soar where no one's ever stood, to sleep in the middle of the storms, simply because we know who he is and we know who we are. And all we have to do is to be, be with Jesus. I'm going to open up the altar. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is on your heart, I would like the altar workers and those who want to pray with you. I would like to ask you guys to come forward. And I would also like, like I said, the Holy Spirit, if you feel you want to dream bad, you want to be infused with passion, I would like you to come, because I believe you can leave this building with a joy that's beyond your wildest dreams. You can live that life today, because what he did on the cross. Do